show is brought to you by MillenniLink, where talent and digital transformations intersect. Hey, Jess. Hey, Britt. How are you? Good. So I wanted to start today's show by thanking all of our listeners for listening, subscribing, and reaching out with your feedback. We freaking love you. Guys, I am so like lonely in uh, <laughs> quarantine. So anytime somebody reaches out to me that I don't know and says they love the show, it literally, literally improves my mental health. So you are giving back to the community. <laughs> We're literally talking about every moment of the day. We're like, look at what they said. Oh my God, this is awesome. Look at what she said. Look at what he said. We are so so happy you're enjoying our mix of pop culture chatter and trending business news. Some of you have been asking for more cake on us and our lives. So Jess, we got to give them some cake. Well, let's break down what the cake is. Cake is like the juice, right? Yes, it's like the dirty. What's the dish? What's the dish? Love it. So Jess, tell me about your loves in New York City. What are your favorite go-tos? What do you love doing? Oh, I love my like love, my New York City loves. I love that. <laughs> uh, no, it's true, right? Because like when you move here, it's like a different flavor than anywhere else in the world that I'm not like super well-traveled or this. I mean, I've been some cool places, but like New York has its own specific kind of aesthetic to it so New York is really like the precipice of the world right Britt we get everything the best and everything the worst hello COVID (laughs) (laughs) if something's cool it's coming to New York first If something sucks, it hits New York first in the biggest way. I have some like very secret city loves that I love doing. Um, One thing I really, really love doing in the city is I love going for really long walks late at night. And I I don't mean to sound boring or whatever, but I used to work on Wall Street for many years and you get home and your brain is like buzzing and exhausted. So you like put on your workout clothes, put in your music and you just unwind. I would go for like two, three hour walks, kept me in very good shape. When I was younger, the clubbing or going out, like there is no better place in the world to go out than New York. Like you can have, I've been to Philly. Like there's no like big night out in Philly, like a big (laughs) night out in New York City. You go out and you potential to meet the coolest people. You have potential to do the coolest things. It's just outrageous activity, right? And the best thing is as a girl, you get to go in for free, free drinks. You get to meet all these different guys. It's a great setup, I will say. We're talking pre-30, post-30. I haven't had so many of those nights. (laughs) (laughs) Same. I think mine was like post-25. They're like, um, there's a cover. And I'm like, wait, what? Am I not cute anymore? (laughs) Oh, come on. No, but there's like definitely like a window for that activity. And girls, if you're like in a long term relationship at 25 and unsure, please step out of it. Please enjoy (laughs) your time in New York City because like you will never get that time back. And don't you agree? Just like Britt, when we meet up and go to a hotel bar, we pick we're not billionaires, right? But we picked like the bougiest hotel yeah. bar to go for like the Baccarat Hotel. To go for like one drink and the experience. <laughs> like you go to this place where you're like rubbing shoulders with celebrities. I mean, not to sound too cheesy, but like celebrity sightings make my world. Like just like <laughs> casually walking down. Uh, my aunt was in the city once and she loves Jimmy Kimmel and they were walking around the Gramercy Park where I live and Jimmy Kimmel just like stopped out. She's like, hey, Jimmy. I was like, that is, and Susan, that is literally what New York City is all about. Britt, sorry, let me go off for 10 minutes or let me ask you what you love about New York too. My bad. (laughs) No, here I'm just butting in. It's my turn, Jess. (laughs) No. (laughs) (laughs) It's your turn. No, I love, because I just feel like me and you are on the same page about literally ever. Like we have the same loves, the same experiences, but Britt, please tell me what your favorite things are about New York. For sure, number one, is Prince Street Pizza late at night um, or any dollar slice I can find gives me so much joy. I feel like that's the best gem in the city is Two Bros Pizza. 
you probably might think it's disgusting. Um, but I remember us shooting something, and there was a two bros like right next yes, to the hotel. I remember and this. And I started drooling. <laughs> I love my pizza. I don't discriminate if it's fancy or not. In addition to my martini fetish, I'm also obsessed with a Starbucks reserve near my apartment. All right, Britt, I want to hear another worst dating story from you because I know you've got some good ones. You've been single for a while. So tell me something good, please. Thanks for reminding me. Yes, I'm like always (laughs) single. I don't know what's wrong with dating in New York City. I guess the last one would be earlier this year. I swipe on this beautiful like six five blonde australian guy wait is this the guy i'm thinking of the one that you went to like disney or whatever with yes 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 i meet him we have the like an eight hour date the first night the second day i ask him to go on a trip to florida with me (laughs) so sad i know and it was like for a speaking (laughs) engagement that i had so i was like let's see if he can handle like a confident woman doing her thing it was an amazing trip he was so cute and then right after that like we get back and then he went to Australia for a wedding comes back and then all of a sudden he has freaking COVID and so I saw him once after the trip and then he had corona for two months Uh... and then he like stopped texting (laughs) me and I was like wait is this real? Like, does he have corona? Is he like ghosting me? And I, it was really sad because he, I was sending him like dinners and like Van Leeuwen ice cream oh, as a surprise and like little snacks because <laughs> I knew he wasn't feeling well. And then like this dude like wouldn't even like thank me. Okay, Britt, you're like what? You're 27, 28, 28, 28 29 in January. All right. Okay. So you're really at like, like, let's lock it down. This is what happens with ages. So everyone listening, 29, you're like, if I don't have a husband, I'm going to like commit suicide tomorrow. Then 30 hits and you're like, oh my God, I'm only 30. I'm like the youngest of the group. Like I don't get married till I'm like 38. So like that's sort of what goes on. Jess, as you know, I've been currently recruiting for some positions on my Butini team and I discovered a platform called MillenniLink. This is a digital IT recruitment and project-based service company that works with companies of all sizes, from small startups like mine all the way to large enterprises like KPMG. They will help find talent for all your IT needs. Britt, I am obsessed with this company. Do you know why? They are (laughs) Canadian-based, just like me. I have a lot of friends working in tech or IT, and because of the current climate and the lack of visas being available for Canadians and people elsewhere, all these people are being sent home. So you people who have been trained at American companies, they may be Canadian educated or US educated, and they are sitting at home and they are working with MillenniLink to find jobs in the US again. One fun fact that I didn't know is that Toronto is number three in all of North America for their quality of talent within the tech industry, following only behind Seattle and San Francisco. The sweet thing about it, Britt, is a lot of these Canadians who have moved home, like they just left New York or they just left San Fran. So they're totally accustomed to the work culture, the work environment. And I think that's like really the beauty of this business. As an employer myself, I love the flexibility in the services that MillenniLink offers. You can find a permanent employee. You can find a freelancer for a range of duration of time. And you can also pay them in Canadian dollars. So guys, if you're short on staff and IT projects are part of your business's recovery plan, MillenniLink is a great resource for you. So please reach out to this company. They are fantastic. They are so easy to work with and they're Canadian, so they're going to be nice. (laughs) How you find MillenniLink is www.millenniLink.com and they look forward to hearing from you. Welcome to today's episode of Cake 
for breakfast. Cake for breakfast is a mix of the news you need, biz, stocks, and tech, and the news you want, celebs, gossip, and beauty. Welcome to Cake for Breakfast. Today on the show, we're talking Emmy nominations, sweatsuits are the new jeans, and Gigi Hadid's new passion project. All right, we have a great show for you today, and once again, thanks to all our listeners for coming back. Guys, if you're listening to us on Apple, please hit that subscribe button. If you want to hit a five-star review, we'd love you for that. But the subscribe on Apple means so much. And if you're listening to us on Spotify and hit follow, that as well goes towards the cake for breakfast business. All right, Britt, let's get right into it. I hate that there's like a lag between the show. I wish we did this every single day. I know. Me too. This is so much fun. And I love the stories that we have today. Yes, we have some great stories for everybody today. So for anyone who doesn't know, I am a massive movie, award show, cinephile. Actually, not so much cinephile because I only like the big blockbuster stuff. But I love the award seasons. And I've been really worried that, you know, these award shows aren't going to happen this year. The Oscars have been pushed back. And based on what's happening in California, I don't even know if they're going to happen at this point. But we'll see what happens. Anyways, everybody. The Emmy Award nominations dropped Tuesday morning and a lot of great stuff happening, especially because right now, Britt, don't you find that these major movie stars are all sort of sliding down to TV world because streamers have all the money at the moment? It's crazy because if you think about there's no movie theaters to go watch videos or even seeing some movies be dropped right on Hulu or Netflix. Yes. So it's just an interesting time for content. And it makes sense for why they want to be in more series versus actual movies. So guys, the story or the cake here is that Netflix just like blew the lid off this year and they have 160 nominations, which is more nominations than any studios ever had before. Um, so like Britt said, we talk a ton about Netflix's business. Here on the show, we want to highlight businesses that you actually follow, you actually use, and you're actually interested in. And recently, I think it was last week, right, Britt? The C-Suite Shakeup, which made headlines everywhere, where Ted Sarandos is now promoted to co-CEO. So we'll see how a co-CEO role goes. With Reed Hastings, who founded the company out of his garage, right? And this guy is now... Ted was literally like a Netflix employee, and it's very Parasite. He's now moved his way up to the co-CEO of the company, but we we support this. Props to this guy. He was the one who said, Reed, we got to do original content. Like, look at Blockbuster. You can't because it's gone. Like, we need to initiate on our own stuff. And he was the one who brought in House of Cards. It was like a $100 million, like $100 million show. Huge move for this company to move into content creation. And now, you know, Ted, everyone's sort of bowing to him. He He's the one putting this company on the map, in my opinion. It goes to show you that you don't need to be the founder to be a visionary. So some of the some of the, our favorite shows that receive the most nominations are The Crown, Ozark, love that show, Hands Made Tale, Stranger Things, Succession, Little Fires Everywhere. L- obsessed. The morning that is the show of quarantine, in my opinion. You think so? I feel like it was good, but I didn't love Carrie Washington in that. But oh, that's because she was so for evil. It. She was crazy in that show. She, she was a little crazy. Yeah. A little cray. And then Morning Show with Reese Witherspoon again. Loved that show with her. And was it Jen- uh, Jennifer Aniston? Jennifer Aniston, yep. Yes. Uh, Euphoria. I did not see that one. You got to watch that show. You're the makeup mogul. That's an important one for you to see. They're really like transitioning sort of like the vision of makeup right now. Here's what I didn't feel when I was reading about the Emmys so much is that 
like Euphoria is a show that's only had one season and they've been through two Emmy cycles at this point. So basically like half their season was booked on the 2019 Emmys and then half their season was booked now. And I just feel like if I was a new show, I'd be, I don't know. I, I just feel like I'd be a little bit disappointed about that. It should feel like more of a fair, a fair shot. Like Billions, for example, they were shut down during COVID. Like Euphoria is one of those shows that was like mid-production shut down there. You know, no one's gone back to work yet. And Billions had half their season up and then they pushed through. They sort of edited from home and did that and put up as many episodes as they could for season two. And I'm a little bit disappointed in Euphoria because it's such a great show. It is such a great following to it. And they're really holding back on releasing new episodes. And I, I wish they would. And so the other shows that they're, that's on this list is Shit's Creek, Dead to Me, Big Little Lies, love that one, and Hollywood. Hollywood is my show this year. Hollywood got a ton of nominations. It's a Netflix show. I think they're really driving the numbers on this. Hollywood is fantastic, guys. It's got glamour. It's got sexiness. It's it's one. Of, it's very Ryan Murphy. So it's done in like an imagination world. Something that they he. I think it's he's writing it in a sense of the way he wished the world would be. And it's such. It's so beautiful. I love it. Wow. So I have some late night minging I have to do because I haven't seen that one and I still need to see Euphoria. Yes. Um, so. I definitely need to get on this, and I hope that you guys do too. But how is this? So Emmys is usually this grand thing where everyone gets dressed up. There's all the tables, and it's a big room. But there's a lot of laws against having events like this. So do you know how they're producing the Emmys this year? Yeah, right now. So Jimmy Kimmel's still booked to host. Everything's kind of business as usual. Um, guys, some insider. I really, I, I said I'm a huge supporter of Quibi. Brett, you didn't mention them in your favorite, uh, in your favorite shows list. But Survive oh, is a show on Quibi I had the opportunity to be a part of and watch come to life. And uh, it's really exciting. But it's only the actors, apparently, that are allowed to go right now. So, you know, if you're a producer, if you're a director, if all, all these other things, it doesn't sound like you're able to be a part of it yet. Oh, man, I'm so bummed because there was a chance that you probably would have been a part of going, right? Possibly. And if you haven't seen Survive, please watch it on Quibi. Yes. Oh, man. So you well, want to hear some of the best actresses? Yeah, I'd love to hear okay. some of the best actresses. So Emmy, as we know, is the best of the best in TV. Golden Globes is a hybrid between television and film. And then Oscars is, of course, the greatest films of the year. And then Grammys is music. Grammy, but oh, who right. pays attention to that? Come on. What? I love that. <laughs> and then like Teen Choice Awards, right? And MTV Music Awards. Yes, yes. So how <laughs> the Emmys is sort of broken down is in two spheres, comedy and drama, as TV is. So outstanding lead actress in a comedy series. We've got Christina Applegate, Dead to Me. Loved that show. Rachel Brosanon, The Marvelous Miss Maisel. I didn't actually watch that. Have you seen that yet? <gasps> Have you not watched Mrs. Maisel? No, is it? My mother loves it. Do you like it? I love it i am obsessed with her character an entire show um it's all about this woman and like a very traditional role as a mom kids and married and then she her husband's trying to be a comedian and she ends up getting on stage one night and then it kind of launches her own path as a comedian and they realize like she's much funnier than him and just going through her life and her going against traditions. And she's hilarious. So you have to definitely watch that. It has a I Love Lucy vibe to it. Yes. Yeah, a little bit. Yes. Linda Cardellini, Dead to Me. We love Dead to Me. Catherine O'Hara, Shits Creek. Issa Rae, Insecure. Freaking love Issa Rae. I think she's amazing. Tracy Ellis Ross, Blackish. 
I like Tracy Ellis Rush in black. Is I, I pick Issa Rae for this category. It sounds like you like Rachel for Miss Maisel. Yes. Oh, my gosh. I really hope she wins. Okay. And then finally, because these are the only two categories Britt and I care about because we love fashion and glam and movie stars. Outstanding lead actress in a drama series. We have Jennifer Aniston, Morning Show. Britt, I already yes. know you're voting for her. <laughs> yes. I love um, her. In that Olivia show. Coleman, The Crown. Jodie Comer, Killing Eve. She's great in that. Laura Linney, Ozark. Sandra O, oh, Killing Eve. And Zendaya, Euphoria. That's a tough. There's a lot. Wow. Of, there's a lot of big talent in that one. Well, I think I'd be happy with any of them winning. I think I do. I love Zendaya. Euphoria is an incredible show. I think I'd pick her. Okay, fair. And I'll go with Jennifer Aniston. <laughs> uh, or. Um, Sandra O. Oh. I'd love to see some diverse winners during the Emmys, but in case she's not, in, she's not in that one though. Oh, didn't you just say Sandra O? Oh no, Jodie Comer killing Eve. Oh no, Sandra O oh killing Eve. Oh my god, I'm sorry. Oh my god, I think I'm so expert, and then you just bested me. I'm sorry. <laughs> Boom, Jess. <laughs> just kidding. Honestly, I care more about the glam, the fashion, like who's wearing what, how does the hair and makeup look on everyone, being overly impressed or unimpressed by people's Mm -hmm. appearances. So we are joining forces, Jess and I, to give you a scoop of our favorite looks, our least favorite looks, and who wins what. And we will be dropping that onto this podcast right after the Emmys air. Love it. We're very excited to do a post-show for you guys. Britt's the expert in makeup. I'm going to be the expert in business dish why somebody's wearing Dior why somebody's wearing Chanel because it usually doesn't have to do with them just liking the dress (laughs) (laughs) the business behind the glam so talking about glam fashion so I was thinking that during quarantine I'd be saving all this money especially on clothes because like who are you really seeing but looking at my credit card bill the other day I realized that I've been spending so much on loungewear and workout clothes that it's kind of disgusting. And Brit, it's just as expensive as normal clothes. I've been buying. Do you like Joa Brown? Have you heard of them? No. Their sweatpants are like $175 for the pants. Yeah, it's just crazy prices. And you bought some? Mm, maybe about a couple of Yeah, but of course. I was like, how many? I should have said, did you? How many did you? You bougie girl. <laughs> yeah, I love a bougie sweatsuit. But it makes sense because so while loungewear companies are skyrocketing in sales, the jean companies are seeing quite the opposite. Brands like True Religion and Lucky Jeans are filing for bankruptcy during this time. And it makes sense, sadly, because when's the last time you wore jeans or anything uncomfortable during quarantine, Jess? I mean, never, because I'm watching TV, like Netflix at all at all times. Yeah, I'm like the least amount of clothing possible, please. I have like the same five loungewear outfits that I have on rotation, But this does make me sad because when I was in the 10th grade, I did a focus group for Levi's. They're trying to figure out how to come back and be relevant. Uh, And the last few years, they've blown up. They're on Revolve. You see them have all their own stores. All the influencers wear Levi's. It's kind of like the Nike of jeans where no matter how rich you are or how whatever you are, like you can see someone wearing Levi's in the Hamptons. You can see Levi's in the suburbs somewhere like it's just a really cool brand but even them this month they posted a 62 percent drop in second quarter revenue and they plan to cut 700 people which is 15 percent of their corporate workforce yes i definitely have to agree with you there because i feel like levi's has definitely had a bit of a renaissance the past couple years they've come out with these great styles like you said you can wear in the hamptons you can wear it at a club in new york like great oversized jean jackets with a cute little hot pink top and then high-waisted jeans like they've really 
collaborated their looks to like the millennial girl in my opinion and you go into bloomingdale sex there's like a huge dedicated section to levi's which is really cool and i agree with you it's like a comparable brand to like a nike or an adidas and then i love how they stayed so true to the roots of them like they didn't try doing all these trendy different pants or changing their styles like it was just more of like how they positioned themselves with how they change um but with Things like with the work from home orders extending now until mid next year, I am curious to see how these jean companies pivot, whether it's extending their product lines or if they're going to put some like jean looking workout pants on the market. I have no idea, but they're definitely going to have to change something or add shift pivot in one way or the other. So, Britt, this is truly like cancel season for bad bosses. Don't you agree? Yes. I mean, this one I'm kind of shocked about, to be honest. So I think over the next few years, we're going to see a lot of these like call outs coming to the surface. And today, what's just every headline everywhere is the something Navy founder, Ariel Chernes, who's also a huge Instagram influencer. I think she has a million, two million followers, like very well followed, very much an it girl, cool girl of New York. And people are you know, people are really calling her out. She got called out at the beginning of COVID, which I didn't mind this scene that she did. She took, she she's very fancy, very mm-hmm. New York fancy. And she got one of those like drive up, like go to her fancy private doctor in New York. They do the COVID there. She got blasted for that. Then she had like her nannies and everybody else in the picture when she's like, guys, I have COVID on her Instagram live. And everybody just kind of tore her down for that. And her offense, yeah. So she had that corona story and she did follow according to her like the cdc guidelines honestly like i feel like people were extremely aggressive like she's been on diet prada she's been all over i feel like she's been getting some major heat from people and this story is only making it worse so i kind of feel bad for her that's where i saw i think i saw this highlighted in diet prada but she basically took a three hundred and fifty thousand dollar bailout like in the ppp money to pay off 25 of her employees and people are going crazy over this now can i i don't i don't want to be biased because i love she's an entrepreneur she's built her whole business herself so i don't want to be hating on people but there's certain things about this story that there's just a lot of holes and first of all anyone who follows ariel charness she lives the most luxurious lifestyle you've ever seen like on instagram she's in this penthouse in new york she's living in the hamptons in this probably a hundred grand a month home one of those six bedroom pool just very glamorous lifestyles and i can't imagine this girl has a deal with nordstrom's and i think you said they that got canceled in 2019 right so it didn't get canceled so she was like when you think about the partnerships with influencers she would help with the designing but all the operations finances legal everything that goes into a true business they Nordstrom's would do so because of that she would only make a piece of the revenue just a small percentage right. and within 24 hours she did over a million dollars in sales the CEO of Nordstrom said that was the most successful collaboration they've ever had in their entire Nordstrom history so I think that once she saw how well her sell-through rates were she decided to step away from that contract and create her own line to get proper revenue and profits from her collaborations. Since there's no fresh content, whether it's on TV, editorial shoots, or even Instagram, everyone is trying to find ways to innovate themselves, keep their content relevant. And this means that even the supermodels who usually have their professional photos to post are resorting to photos of 
they're home oh my god you're so wait this is literally a trend right now Britt. i've seen this like a lot of people and it's true like there's no like huge photo shoots the the, the, the groundbreaking photo shoot was bella hadid and Haley bieber went to italy to do i think it was like an armani shoot but you're so right on this so Gigi Hadid, so Bella's sister, actually shared her insides of her New York City. Yeah. Gigi Hadid, Bella's sister, actually shared photos of her insides of her New York City apartment for the first time. And she shared them right on Instagram. It's brand new, newly decorated with the help of her mom, Yolanda Hadid, and a few other designers to help her complete it. And it was done literally days before quarantine and they left the city. Yeah, so Gigi just released uh, pictures of her renovated apartment. I saw these too. Any like Beverly, Real Housewives of Beverly Hills stands will love this because Yolanda like prides herself on being an interior decorator for their father, Muhammad's business. And Gigi definitely has an aesthetic to her very similar to her mother's. It, it makes me laugh because I feel like the older I get, the more my sense sort of is similar to my mother's as well. I don't know if you feel that way too. Yes, and her decor is very eclectic, very not what I expected. She even has um, cabinets filled with the most unmodel-like food. Pasta. Yeah, I saw that. (laughs) It's so cool. She decorated her cabinets with different color pastas, dyed from like natural plant colors, and I thought that was probably the coolest part of her apartment. And we'll post them on our stories uh, in a minute so you guys can see today. But she has these open glass cabinets with these like fancy painted pastas. It's very bougie, very Gigi Hadid. And I love it. I mean, it drives me crazy because I feel like whenever people post photos or say anything these days, someone takes offense. Yeah. <laughs> so there are countless of people who are criticizing her for using pasta to decorate. And they blame like, oh, she's rich and that's why she can use pasta yeah. when I can't even afford pasta. And granted, like, no judgment there, but it's it's like I can still buy pasta under a dollar in the city, <laughs> and it's not like she's filling her cabinets with caviar, so, like, why can't you just, like, be happy for her? She's totally getting this flown in from Italy. Not, let's not kid ourselves. True. Like, Gigi's, oh, yeah, yeah, Gigi fine. takes the bank. <laughs> Gigi actually lives, call it three, four blocks away from me. She's got a gorgeous apartment, um, and then... Again, she left. Her and Zane own this beautiful farm in Pennsylvania, very close to New York City. I think it borders sort of the New York-Pennsylvania border. But, um, you know, they're having their first baby. So they live out there. And then she just renovated this apartment, I imagine, for her to move back in and, and set up shop in New York when COVID's over. Wow, I can't wait to see their baby. It's going to be so beautiful. I don't know. Zane is not my kind of look, but I feel like with Gigi's jeans, the baby can't not be beautiful, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. This is a very big trend right now, too. I saw Kendall Jenner just did like a home tour. Like, look at my decor. And you're so right. It's like they're not editorial shots are not dropping. So people are like, how can I invite? How can I like produce my own content? Right. And the only way to really do that is to bring people closer to your life. Brett, let's close today with some market news and do a little market minute. Lysol sales were up 70% during the pandemic. Reckitt Beckinsire is the package company that owns Lysol, and they are now branching into new product lines and, wait for it, a consulting business. Gosh, watch out, BCG. (laughs) Boston Consulting Boys, watch out, you got competition. So this company is basically positioning themselves as the health and safety COVID experts, and they're lending 
their business to tourism, hotels, theme park, and they have supposedly brokered a deal with Delta already to be their business consultants. And honestly, I kind of love this. My nail salon I've gone into, you go into the grocery stores, you see this big stamp on the board and it says COVID uh, approved cleanliness. And like I was telling you, Britt, a couple weeks ago, I was pitching a business to a group of investors and one of the women on the call said, okay, so what is your post-COVID reaction plan? And I was like, wow, that's kind of interesting. She's like, you need a full slide on post-COVID initiatives. Wow. I mean, that's definitely a real thing and will be for a while. But let's talk about this pivot and taking advantage of this market opportunity. This is brilliant. We're seeing a lot of companies who are struggling during this time pivoting out of necessity and finding ways just to survive. But this is a company that's already thriving. This is probably record sales for them in many years. And they're still trying to find new ways to extend their business offerings. Like this is just pure genius, Jess. Yes. And for the play of the day, it's the Kissing Booth 2. So this is the second installation of the Kissing Booth saga that is released on Netflix. I watched this last night with my mom and little sister. It's a bit cheesy. Um, It's about two high school kids falling in love. The second one is about when one of them goes off to college and how their love life progresses from there. But I loved it. I think Jacob Elordi is so, so cute. And of course, he's an Australian. Yes, you love the Australians. (laughs) This is another like mega success for Netflix, like a massively watched show. Ted Sarandos, You're the King. This show really reminds me of like an Amanda Bynes teen sitcom mid 2000s. It's like done cute, right? But it's also done well. It's smart. It almost felt like a Princess Diaries installment. Yeah, it's like a very like Amanda Bynes, Princess Diary vibe. It's very cheesy. At first, I was like, there's no way I'm going to enjoy it. But it's just lighthearted. It's fun to watch. And my little sister, she's right now dealing with the same situation as a story where she's She's going to be a senior. Her boyfriend's going off to college. And so I don't know if I was teary eyed because I was relating their story to hers or what. But I think it's just a feel good, fun movie that you can watch while doing some emails or just enjoy with some girlfriends. So highly recommend it um, for one of the nights you're in for quarantine. Look, it's a fun Friday night drop, right? Like I said, this is a movie that I feel like a lot of people would pay for in theaters um, it's fun. It's lighthearted. It wouldn't be one of my faves. This is more. You love the more cutesy like romance stories. Yeah, I love you. The, always, you always joke about my my corniness, quirky like quirky. Rom-com. That's more Brit style. My yes, I'm more of a savage. Style. I like a <laughs> I like an Oscar film. But it's true. Um, yes. So definitely check it out. All right, guys, if you loved what you heard today, please rate, review, and subscribe. So on Apple, hit that subscribe button after you search us in the search icon. If you're on Spotify, please hit follow. This definitely helps the business. You can add us on Instagram at girlonthestreet underscore or brittany.low. That is B-R-I-T-T-A-N-Y dot L-O. And at Cake for Breakfast Podcast. All right, that's all for today. Don't forget to tune in Tuesdays and Thursdays for Cake for Breakfast. And thank you to today's sponsor, Link. You can find more information and details in our episode description, and that is www.millennilink.com. 
Until next week.